Hey, you guys. I hope you guys are doing good. I hope y'all can hear me. Y'all not had to totally like wipe my uh, laptop last week when I went to the Apple store. So there was a bunch of settings that were not set. Where's my studio? Hold on. Shout. I had to like reset up everything. Hold on real quick. I want to make sure I can see y'all in this chat. The chat part disappeared. All right. I'm going into YouTube studios. Give me a second here. It's a lot to get into today. I don't want to be on here longer than an hour and a half. So I want to get to through as much as I can. All right. Hold on. Pulling up my studio here. Okay, it's loading. Okay, I'm in here. Y'all can see, y'all can hear me. Okay. All right, good. Thank y'all so much. I had to use my laptop camera for some reason. I think when they wiped the MacBook, it's not reading the card reader. I thought it was something with Zoom, but it, it's not reading it on StreamYard anymore either. But thank goodness I do have a built-in camera on my MacBook. So that's a good thing. Y'all are liking the look? Thank y'all. I appreciate y'all. So I'm trying to remember to look this way and not at my camera. Ugh, it's always something. But y'all can hear me. I don't sound crazy and you know what I'm saying? All that stuff. Okay, okay, good. All right, so it is so much to get into, y'all. Um, y'all said the laptop looks better? Okay, well, let me find out, okay? Because it's just been one thing after another with like just everything. Ah, okay. So it is a lot going on in the Afrobeats. I'm trying to remember where to look. In the Afrobeats community, um, especially in Nigeria. So um, I know the Shave Room and a lot of the American outlets started posting yesterday. But I've been on it since Sunday, uh, just keeping up with the story with Mobad. Um, and it was so crazy because me and my mom, if you guys are in the Discord, you guys know me and my mom have like Sunday chats where, you know, when she gets out the mosque, we talk for about an hour about all things going on in Nigeria, you know, like with family, the economy, the music, you know, she's a huge Afrobeats fan. So we were talking about Mobad and she was breaking down a lot of stuff for me. Because I can understand Yoruba for the most part, but you know, sometimes when people are talking fast, I miss certain things. So I was having her break down some stuff for me that I wasn't able to grasp. And she was doing that. So I was like, Mom, why don't you come on my podcast? Let's talk about this on my podcast. But she doesn't feel comfortable. She's like, I don't want to come on camera. Like, you don't have to come on camera. But she thinks you guys will not understand her because my mom has a very thick accent. A lot of my teachers met her in Atlanta. She's like the sweetest lady. But, you know, she has a thick accent. So she's like, you know, she usually speaks Yoruba or Pigeon English. So she's like, if I come on your podcast, most of your audience is not going to even understand what I'm saying. So she doesn't want to come on the podcast. I'm like, dang it, mom. So tomorrow's her birthday. So I did a really dope photo shoot for her. She did her makeup. She was dressed up in her Iran Buba. She looks so beautiful. So I took like some really nice pictures for her. And I try to ask her again today, like, can we podcast about the Mobad situation? But she's just like, no. <laughs> 
she does not feel comfortable. So I'm here to talk about it. I know I had left the comment in the shade room. So a lot of people are like, oh, will you break it down? What's going on? We don't get it. So I'm going to try and break it down as much as I can, but it's still an ongoing thing. You know, it's still a lot going on. Um, so all of this kind of goes back to a year ago to keep it real with y'all. Give me just a second. Let me, okay. I have a lot of stuff and I don't, I try to put it in as much chronological order as I could, but child, just bear with me because it's, it's a lot to unpack. Um, so he has been like making a name for himself, Mobat has, in the Afrobeats community with the music and everything. And a lot of people really liked him. So initially he was signed to Naira Mali's, um, their record label. And so Naira Mali, he's the one who owns the record label. He has a lot of artists under him. And Mobat had been signed to them for about two and a half, close to three years. And so it was just a lot of nonsense that seems to be going on with this record label. Like one thing I'm learning is that the, the African, the Nigerian music industry is turning out to be just as corrupt as the American industry. Like we see all the time artists complaining about, you know, their royalties, their revenue, you know, their streams. And the same thing is happening overseas. So Naramali, he owns the record label. And so Mobad about a year ago said that he wanted to leave. He no longer wanted to be a part of the record label. And he also wanted to get new management. And so, and he was the main moneymaker on the label. So once he decided to leave, it became a huge issue. Um, these men were basically stalking him, continuously stalking him, beating him up. They were spreading rumors that he was a drug addict, um, that he was high, he was not on drugs at all. But like when he would try and just do his own video shoots, make his own music, they would pull up to the video shoots and jump him. They would put hands on him. And this was happening on a continual basis. So it, it just started getting worse and worse where he couldn't even enjoy when he got married to his wife. He recently had a baby. He couldn't even announce it because he was so scared that these guys were going to come and kill him all because he left the label. Now, <clears throat> a lot of people are trying to figure out why he left the label. You know, I can see it being about money first and foremost. But then there's also rumors that the label is a front for like a drug mulling operation same thing that happens here in America, Fetty Wap and, you know what I'm saying, Juice World. We all saw how, you know, Juice World was caught up with all that, you know, pounds and pounds of weed on the plane. So they were saying that the record label is a front for a drug operation and that basically, you know, Mobile did not want to have anything to do with that. He just saw a lot of wrongdoings while he was on the record label, so he wanted to distance himself. And even though they would jump him all the time, put hands on him, he never retaliated. You never saw Mobad with like all his homeboys going back, talking about fighting, speaking bad on them. He just wanted peace. And so everybody just kind of watched this play out on social media. Everyone sat back um, on Nigerian social media, Nigerian Twitter, Instagram, and everybody watched it. People, of course, reported on it, but nobody really said anything like all of the other musicians like nobody spoke up 
on behalf of Mobad. It's like everything was on him. Everything was his fight. And it was just, it was crazy, like watching all this play out. So let me see if I can find this video. This was like a year ago where he came out and he was speaking about it. It's a lot. All my little timestamps are gone because I had to reset everything. Bear with me. This was, okay, this is one of the videos where he, he basically breaks down a lot of like why he left. Okay. I'm going to share my screen here. Okay. So we're going to watch this and shout out to all the Nigerian YouTubers, honey. Y'all are on here deep doing y'all's commentary. Mobat said, the events of the last two days have left indelible scars in my heart. I've always just wanted to create good music and to provide for my family and myself. Through my music, as an artist from the street, I thought the Malian family would be a good place for me. However, recent events and certain truths have come to light which threaten my peace, health and career. Because of these issues, I informed Nairamali on the Malia group chat of my intention of changing my manager. He said, this didn't go well with my current manager, Tunde Nairamali's brother. That was what Mubad said. He said there were instant angry outbursts and protests from him in the chat. I went to Nairamali's house with my producer and my friend on the 4th of October 2022 to have this conversation and reach a peaceful resolution. We were in the studio and some of the guys who work with Nairamali, Sid, Shudi, Shei and others were present as well as Nera and Tunde. I noticed Tunde was quite agitated as we started the discussion. In the middle of the conversation, Tunde became violent and attacked me. The guys I was with were also attacked and said they were stripped naked by Sid, Shudi and Shei and some of the other boys we were barely able to escape three of us had to be checked into the hospital to get medical care for the injuries sustained during the assault saying Mali was fully present throughout this event and in fact coordinated some of the attack as he instructed the boys to beat us up some of this was captured on video it is therefore disrespectful for Nairamali to insinuate that i started the attack because i was intoxicated as he is fully aware of the fact and circumstances surrounding this violent attack it is not the first time Nera has lied to push his own narrative but it will hopefully be the last moba then wrapped his speech and said i trust that soon justice will be served thank you all for your support so my people which one i think on this so that is what Mobad was saying almost a year ago he was saying that and like i said a lot of people ignored it dismissed it and then because Naira Mali, he's been in the industry a long time, he was literally sullying his reputation, like constantly saying, oh, he's, in he's intoxicated, he's drugged out, he has issues and things like that to trying to destroy his character. Um, so there were a lot of other videos too. Let me see if I can find some of these here. Um, and in some of these videos, hold on, I have a lot of videos. And I'm so mad because I had them all timestamped, but then I had to reboot. So give me just a second here. I'm trying to find the one of them fighting him. Okay, I think this is one of them. Mm, okay. Here you can see some of like when he was getting jumped. I don't want to show like too much of like the violence on YouTube. 
but you can see like the commotion. So like some of these were taking places at a video shoot. I'm trying to find the one where he was at the video shoot and they ended up um, basically interrupting the shoot to put hands on him. I think this is the one. Okay, I think this might be the one. And then every time Mobad will go online to like blast them and call them out, um, Naramali would denounce it and, you know, basically try to play it off like he's crazy. I want to find this clip. Give me just a second. It's so sad the things he went through. It just does not make any sense. Okay, that's happening today. Okay. I can't find it, but you guys have seen it. If you guys have been on, like, Nigerian Twitter and all that stuff, they're the videos. It's the one of them. They're in the wheelchair. They're basically shooting a music video. And if you stop it um, as the guy is getting in from the wheelchair, you can see Sam Larry. He's walking towards him. And at that point, they start getting beat up. Like, the camera goes out. You can hear one of the guys telling them that they need to leave. And so this would happen continuously. Now, Sam Larry is Marley is Nigel Marley's um, one of his best friends. Plus, he has like a lot of connections in like in Nigeria. Like there's pictures of him with like the president and everything else. So, you know, he has like a lot of clout, a lot of recognition. A lot of people are scared of him. And this man is grown. He's like damn near 50. And so they have not allowed Mobad any peace since he left this record label. Every time he tries to do something, they're there. They, they basically have been gang stalking this man for a year. If he wants to do any events, they show up, they jump him, they beat him up. And it got to the point where you could just see the life leaving out of his eyes in one of the last videos when he was in the back of the car and there were knots on his head, um, you could see where they had bit him. There was just all types of marks on his body. He didn't even, he wasn't even crying. It's almost like he was so used to just being abused, he couldn't even cry anymore. There were more people in the car crying for him than he was even crying for himself. And so I believe that was like the final straw for him. So then he went to go file a police report because it just became too much. And in the police report he was that he filed, he was saying that he was being harassed, he was being stopped. They came to his last music video. They put hands on him. They broke um, a bunch of equipment that cost like, I think he said like 5,000 Naira or something like that. They broke the equipment. He doesn't have the money to replace it. And so this young man was continuously crying out for help. He was crying out to the police. He was crying out to the music industry. He was crying out to his followers. And it's almost like nobody did anything. Everybody just sat back and watched this. So then all of a sudden, 
we find out that he's passed. So on his Instagram page, this is what they had written. Like now they're trying to get ready to do a memorial, but this was written the day of his death. So let me go ahead and share this with you guys here. So they said, it is with great sadness that we confirm the passing of promise Ola Dejimi, I don't know, Aloba, um, AKA Mobad, today, the 12th of September, 2023. Mobad was light until the very end. As we mourn the loss of the brightness he carried, the family thanks you for your love and prayers and asks you to continue to respect their privacy during this difficult time. So when people heard that, it sent shockwaves because like I said, for the past year, people have been watching the saga of these men literally gang stalking him, beating him up, harassing him and everything else. So now they're announcing that he's, he died. Now today, they're gonna be doing a candlelight visual um, in Leke. So that's at five, they probably done it already, but that's the most recent thing that they posted today. Okay, so then it gets even worse than that. So he ends up dying. Let me come back on the screen. Let me see if I even have like the clips that I need. Do, 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 do. Okay, so everybody finds out that, that he's dead. Nigerian social media is going crazy. So this was all what was going on this past weekend. And so everybody's talking about it because in his last, one of the last videos where he got jumped, he was saying, he was just crying and praying to God and, you know, just saying, you know, Oluwa Jesu, why, you know, like, why me? Why are they attacking me? God help me. And he was saying that if he dies, Naira Mali and, and then his whole, you know, the label, they did it. They're the ones who killed him. So then everybody started taking to Naira Mali's page and saying, you know, you're responsible for this. You killed him. Then there was this weird video that popped up online with these three guys. Somebody saying that one of them was Mobad's brother. I don't know. But the guy is in the car crying and he's saying that Mobad has died, but you can see him move. He moved, so he wasn't dead yet. Let me see if I can. Okay, here goes the video. Uh, hold on. Okay. So he's he's not dead, but this dude is like screaming and crying, but he's coming from the hospital. Okay. This video. So everybody's like confused, like, but his hand moved. So then like the video just cuts out. And so a lot of people are questioning, you know, like, did they finish the job? What's going on? Um, I'm, I'm posting content. If y'all don't want to see it, get the hell up out of here. If y'all don't want to see what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to show anything graphic. He clearly wasn't dead there. But if y'all are in y'all's feelings, move along. Don't come in here writing all types of nonsense. This is for people who want to know what happened. And I'm trying to give you a play-by-play. -play. So if you're bothered, move the fuck up out of here. Go watch somebody else. There's other people who are alive right now. So anyhow, um, 
So then a lot of people started asking questions like, you know, who are these guys? You know, the family hasn't even said anything yet. What is going on? And so first they were saying, because initially when I heard that he died, I had thought that maybe he committed the S word because he had been picked on for so long. So I thought, you know, depression, you know, maybe he offed himself, unalived himself or whatever. And then a video comes out of him in the hospital and he is just crying. He is crying that he's been poisoned. They gave him some type of liquid in a bottle and he's just very, very upset. Um, let me see if I can find that video. Cause like I said, I had everything time stamped. Okay. I'm gonna try and break down what he's saying as I can, the best I can. Okay, so this is him in the hospital. So we go from seeing him in the hospital to these guys having him in the car talking about he's dead, but he's not really dead. But this was like the last video. This to me is not a damn ear infection at all. Okay. He's speaking in Yoruba, so a lot of y'all are not going to be able to understand, but I'll try and translate the best I can. What happened at the hospital? Omomo Bad really went through a lot. Like, he really went through a lot. I'm going to play what Potibo had to say after I played the video of Mobad crying seriously in the hospital. Yeah, He's saying that basically they gave him something, he's not on drugs, and he's saying that it's liquid that they put in um, a bottled water, and he's saying, you know, believe me, I'm not lying. He's saying that he was trying to defend Zeno Zelensky, um, Zeno, and he's feeling like Zeno set him up, he threw him under the bus. Um, and he's saying that it's something, he was okay before he drunk that drink. He was okay. He's feeling like it was a setup, that he's trusted the wrong people. And so he's, right now he's crying out for help. Okay, so that was him basically talking and, you know, telling everybody, like, what happened. And then shortly after that went viral, then all of a sudden we see those guys in the car talking about he died. Okay, so now it gets even crazier, child, okay? So now everybody's going crazy. Everybody's talking about this. Everybody's trying to put two and two together. He was clearly poisoned, and he was saying all this. 
Plus with the videos from over a year ago saying that if he dies, if something happens to him, Naramali and them, they had a hand in it. So all of a sudden, it was like literally not even 24 hours, they're having a funeral for him. So at first, everybody was shocked, like, well, I don't recall him being Muslim. Why are they having a funeral, you know, so fast? But even with Muslim, like in Islam, you have to bury the person within three days. So you still have a bit of time. You don't have to do it right away, right away. So they start planning for the funeral and people were shocked. And then they go and they pull receipts. They said, well, no, his dad was a Christian. Why is he so quick to go out and bury his son as opposed to find out what happened to him? Where's the autopsy? Before the boy died, he was saying that they put something in a water bottle that he drunk and he didn't feel good after that. And so they go to go bury him so quickly. What was so crazy? Now, I'm not going to show this video. Um, now, Mobad was tall, right? They were such in a hurry to bury him. They put him in a coffin that did not, that was not even the right size for his body. Okay. So in order to fit his body in the coffin, they broke his neck. And that's the part that's just, just disturbing and heartbreaking. Like y'all heard the clips that I posted on discord when me and my mom were talking about it. And that is the part that just has everybody just so dis, just distraught. Like, damn, even in death, this young man is not even able to find peace. Who buries somebody with, the, who breaks somebody's neck to fit them in a coffin? And the coffin was so hastily made that even as they're carrying it, they said the handle fell off. So now everybody's looking at the dad, like, what's going on? Were you paid off? Why did you feel the need to go bury him so fast? No autopsy. Y'all couldn't even wait. And then people went to go confront the casket maker because people started cursing the casket maker. So he had to come on social media. He said, you know, we could have made a bigger one. They wanted to bury him. That's the only size that we had. And they just said, we'll take it. I don't think they expected people to open the coffin, which to me wouldn't make any sense because people want to see him. They want to make sure that that's him in there. I guess they didn't think they were going to get backlash. So he's in his coffin with his neck broke. And so a lot of people were talking about this on, um, on TikTok and on social media. I'm not going to play the video, but I want you guys to hear uh, what some people were saying about it. Because people were very, very upset. So give me just a second here. I have been waiting. See, that neck where the system of bad bend inside that uh, in this thing, casket. Say no be say the casket smallly. You know, say we we'll be say that neck, that casket, why they go buy that kind of small casket for that boy. Say that no be say the casket small. Say they break the neck. Now waiting until Kemi Olona or the allege. No more. She talk plenty things. She talk say person beats that boy. Now waiting she the allege. Say person. Okay, I'm gonna play uh, another video of this young lady also talking about it too. But He's basically a legend saying that they beat him and they're trying to hide like the evidence. 
you know, like they want to hurt and bury him quickly. That's why they broke his neck and just threw him in the coffin. So let me play this young lady here. has finally be buried. I can't even say lives rest because the funeral video I saw was very disrespectful. I can't believe his family did that to him. Like nobody cared. They just treated him like nothing. They, they, didn't, even, they didn't even respect him enough to give him a coffin of his size. They squeezed him in there. He was bent in there. Why would they do something like that? Why they were busy digging this guy's grave? A 27-year-old boy's grave, they were discussing how to take his properties, how to torment his wife. Wow. Jesus Christ. Ah, that's so sad. That's so sad. And I hear some people saying, oh, they buried him like that because he's Muslim. Don't disrespect Muslim community like Please that. Please don't. Do that because I've seen Muslim funerals. They may not use coffin, but the way they bury their people, they bury with respect and class. Amen. They wrap them in a very clean white sheet and put them down respectfully. They don't squeeze them inside a box. You guys shouldn't do that. Do not dis don't disrespect Muslim community like that. They just want to get rid of the guy. Because the, their main focus was his properties. That's what they've been hiding. At this point, Seth, I'm suspecting them. Yes. Because who does that? Common sense. You've not even buried the guy yet. You're already thinking of how to go for his properties. Is that not suspicious to you guys? Is that Okay. So she's, she's saying a lot of truth. You know what I'm saying? Because, like I said, people were saying that he was buried so quick because, you know, in Islamic culture, that, that absolutely not. That funeral had nothing to do with Islamic culture whatsoever. That is not even how Muslims bury their dead. Um, it was just so disrespectful the way his body was treated. So at this point now, people are very, very upset. Okay. People feel away. People are taken to social media. And so now I would say by Monday, Tuesday, justice for Mobad starts trending. But it's trending, you know, like on Nigerian Twitter and Instagram. It hasn't made it to like America yet. And then in the UK as well, right? A lot of the UK people know. So now the dad comes out. Okay, this is the video. Okay, we're going to watch this. This is Mobad. This is when he got jumped. It just popped up. We're going to watch this real. Like I said, I got a bunch of different clips and I'll break them down as I present them. So this was him after he got jumped a year ago. This is in Yerba. Bad boy, I'm a fucking good boy. Eh? Tell me how you're going to go and do it. 
Y'all heard that. He says he doesn't know what he did to them. He says if he dies, it's Marlania music. Now Ramali and them who killed him. This was a year ago. My God, my God never fucked me up. Never, never. I'm in the other state. That's so sad. That is so sad. The way he's just like crying out. And you can even hear like the victim blaming, like, oh, calm down. You know, we'll call the police. It's not a big deal. Calm down. But I'm glad that he took to social media and he documented all this. Because I think in his heart of hearts, he knew they were going to kill him. Because he was documenting this. And that's why they were getting more and more pissed. Like, you keep taking it to social media. You're making our brand look bad. But he's like, but y'all keep jumping me. Y'all keep beating me. Y'all keep showing up at my house. You guys keep showing up at my video shoots. Why wouldn't I take it to social media? The police are not doing anything. Because, again, that label and Samlari, they have deep pockets and they have a lot of connections with the police. So it's like the only place he could really get any type of solace was posting all of these attacks and what he was going through on social media. So it is just really sad. Um, so now, let me see. I'm just trying to break down the timeline for y'all. So this was a few days ago. Everybody was protesting here. Let me share my screen. They were taken to the streets to protest for justice for him. Let's see, I have a few other clips here. Now I wanna go ahead and play Okay, so then it finally came to America, but before we get to America, let me have a few other clips here. That's Naramali. Okay, I wanted to play this because for y'all who don't follow, like I like Daddy Freeze, been watching Daddy Freeze for years, but he did a really good interview. I'm only going to play a small snippet. Okay, with Daddy Shoke. So they talked about like just things that celebrities go through and how, you know, he's really holding some of like the fans and the people who watch this play out. 
accountable. So we're going to listen to what they what they're saying here. And you see, so celebrities are ashamed to come out and say their problems because you will mock them. And once you mock people, you force them into depression. Oh, people are saying, people are talking about, uh, I'm seeing some people writing about uh, Naramali, writing about uh, Samilari. You people are the same thing. God bless you. You people are the same thing. Do you know? I will tell you what I if I tell you what I went through, if not for some, some good people. Do you know what is depression? Your words, your words of your mouth push people into depression. Do you know how many people you've write off their life? That if you said something here, I was just laughing. But you know why I'm laughing? It is because I went through the same thing. Oh. We live in a society. We live in a society where everybody shows their power when they are in position. If you say, if you try to advise them, you become their enemy. Oh. As if this young man did not die, the young man comes out. I know how many people that will crucify him. Oh. The only place where I blame Samilari is this, and I will say it. I don't, I don't know how many applaud you, I will say it. Is this, you are an elder. If, if, the, if Naramali and Abba have problem, what is your duty? Is to go to them, call them, try to make peace. Okay, if you know you want to them, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's a prayer. Hello, 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 I don't, see, look at this matter is a very painful matter that one need to say, you need to say it because it, it will come back again tomorrow. Okay. So I just want y'all to hear some of that, you know, what he's saying. And I like the fact too, that he's holding Sam Larry accountable, saying that you're the elder. Like I said, Sam Larry is damn near 50 and you're sitting here pressing on somebody in their twenties. Somebody who's young enough to be your child. It just does not make sense. So now people start calling out a lot of the Afro beats artists. You know, everybody's favorite uh, auntie, Auntie Yabo, she was on TikTok. Uh, she's a, a Nollywood actress. She was on TikTok going off. And I was here for it. She was calling out all the yeah. artists. So we're going to watch her real quick, what she has to say. I'm just taking y'all day by day what's been going on. Um, so let's go ahead and watch her real quick. Young age, he developed hypertension. He was traumatized. 
what she's saying is that basically he was filming himself all the time so you would see him having to check himself into the hospital because he was so stressed he ended up developing hypertension his blood levels were elevated um he was like just scared for his life 24 7. at least we do not see anyone we saw what you did this year She's saying, what did he do that you guys want to kill him? He didn't do anything. He basically left the label. And this has been a year's worth of harassment. So let me pull up this other clip here. Hold on. Who is that? This is the one. She said, you guys can call me crazy. You guys can call me a prostitute. You know, the, the, the slanderous words that, you know, us black female get online. We also get it in Yoruba. <laughs> She's saying she doesn't care what they say. She's going to speak her truth. You can kill her, but you can't kill all of us. If you kill me today, somebody else will get up and fight. There's no more fear. Trust democracy. Right? It's supposed to be a government for the people. I'll be by the people. I'm going to say Right? It has to stop. Okay. And then this was the third. I just want to show you just bits and pieces. David, thank you. I heard you supported them, but I need you to do more than support them. Financially, I heard you supported, but I need you to do more. Don Jazzy, a lot of you to look up to you. We need you. Ola mi de bado, momako ki desoro mo aje. Ola ti dasi oro ile. It's you people's industry. The likes of Fela, the likes of our daddy Ebenezer Obey, the likes of the likes of Sonia Day, the likes of Tubaba, the likes of so 
act this way for you people. And you people must not disappoint us. You must pay this way for the younger ones. So what she's basically saying, she's calling, like, she's talking about, you know, Fela Kuti, uh, Sunny Ade. Those were like old school Nigerian artists. And they paved the way for the youth. They paved the way for now you see David O, you see, you know, Wizkid, you see Burner Boy, Thames, you know, all of these artists. So she's basically calling out the biggest Afrobeat artists to step up. Like, don't just, you know, quietly give money, but you guys have to speak up against like this corruption that's going on in y'all's industry. So that's what she's saying. So I love the fact that she's also holding these major artists accountable. Because if you guys remember a few years ago during the whole SARS movement, remember they were all crying. You, they had to wake Beyonce up to get up and make a statement. And she's doing the same thing. Like she's calling them out like, no, you guys need to come out and speak up against this. You know, um, these industries are literally... The same thing, slave contracts, having these young men and women, you know, perform and go on tour and, you know, they're the ones writing and making the music. And then these so-called labels are taking the money. And then once he wanted to leave, he was harassed and bullied and now killed. So this has sparked just global outrage at this point. So now, um, let me see here, where we're we at with this one here. So now it hits the American mainstream yesterday because the Shade Room finally posted and Kodak Black also said something as well. So let me go ahead and pull this one here with Kodak Black speaking. This week, two days ago, woman. Sweet. Hey, man. Liberal can't hang right now. Liberal first shot, you know, I'm gonna relax, you know. But I gotta get back in that mood. I said, R.I.P. to Mobad, Kodak, you was his neighborhood hero to the passing. Damn. What's so crazy right now? I just ran across this nigga page like this week, a few days ago, woman. 
Okay. I know it's hard to understand him, but <laughs> um, I guess it's no harder than me, you know, playing Yoruba on the stream as well. But, you know, he's basically saying, oh, damn, you know, I didn't even know I ran across his page the other day. Rest in peace, Mobad. Um, on top of that, little Dirk also says something. Meek Mill also says something as well. So, again, now it's it's going global. So, then, let me see. The father ends up speaking out. Okay, before I even get on the father, let me play you guys this video, Sam Larry. So Sam Larry, he's the one who has been basically harassing and putting hands on this young man. So once everybody was dragging him and um, Naramali, Sam Larry came to speak out. So this is the man that's damn near 50 years old who's been harassing him. So we're gonna listen to this real quick. All right. Okay, so he can't, first of all, sir, you can't even look into the camera, so let's start there. Uh, second of all, he's saying, oh, Mobad, he's like a brother to me. I loved him. I have a lot of love for him and even his wife. He's saying that he could never kill Mobad because he loved him. He loved him so much. He doesn't know who killed him, but he could never kill him. Get off my page. So he's basically, he was then trying to go on to explain the wheelchair situation where if you guys see the videos online, you can see Sam Larry walking into frame. And at that point, Mobad's friend jumps up first and then Mobad gets up and then I don't know who the other you hear another Nigerian guy's voice and he's saying you know Kilane Shea y'all need to leave and he's going off like you guys need to leave we're not going to do that here we're not going to be fighting here so my thing is he's claiming that you love him and oh he was such like a brother to you but if you loved him and that was like your little brother why did you keep putting hands on him and you only kept putting hands on him once he decided to leave your record label so, you know, if that's brotherly love, I don't want it. There's nothing brotherly love about that. So he's basically trying to cover his ass now because people are on him. They've lost hundreds and thousands of followers. People are demanding that they be arrested. So now, yes, I, child, we're, I should have put on my tiny violin when he was talking, child. Let me make sure I got it ready for the next story. So now... What's even more disturbing with this whole situation is the father. I don't trust the dad. At this point, I'm going to say this. I think all these people need to be investigated. Uh, Naira Mali, Zeno, the whole Marlanian record uh, industry, 
labeling crew, um, Moabite's whole family, the people he was last seen with in that car, who said he was who was he, who said that he was dead in the back of the car, but then you clearly see him move. Um, Sam Larry, the nurse. There's a lot of people I feel like need to be investigated, but let me talk about his daddy, okay? This is my issue with his dad. Not only did you allow your son to be disrespected by buying him that little-ass coffin and making it where they had to break his neck to even fit him in the coffin, that alone is disgusting. The fact that it wasn't even 24 hours and you were ready to run and bury your son and bury the truth. And then when they go to go interview the dad, he starts complaining. He starts talking about, oh, you know, I don't have any properties. Look how I'm living. I'm Mobad's father. Look at my house. Look how, you know, poor we're living. We don't have any money. We don't have any property. The wife owns all the property. It's not fair, but I'm his father. And so I'm watching this. I said, what? I'm like, how are you sitting here complaining about property, being poor. Oh, while you guys are sending, you know, uh, money and, and helping out his son, don't forget his father here. Why is that the first thing on your mind? But then when you watch his mother's interview, the mother is saying she wants justice for her son. The mother's not talking about property. She's not talking about money. She's talking about justice. So now I'm feeling like, did they pay the father off? Did they pay him? to her and bury the body to hide any evidence. Because why would you bury your son that fast as opposed to wanting to get an autopsy? I'm not saying that his life is worth more than anybody else's, but your son was a pretty big deal in the, in the music industry in Nigeria. So why would you just want to bury him as if he was just a regular, and I don't want to sound bad when I say this, like a commoner, like nobody would care when he had millions of fans worldwide why would you not want answers as a father so i don't trust the daddy neither i don't trust it so now on top of that today it's been announced <coughs> they're gonna they're, they're exhuming the body so they're taking the body out of the ground now um not like Tunde. Tunde be going off. We gonna watch Tunde real quick. Well, I don't know. Y'all be sensitive, child. You know Nigerian Instagram is different than American. I'm not because they're they're showing the coffin. Okay, he took the coffin off the screen. I don't want to show it with the coffin because y'all gonna be crying tattoo tears. So we are gonna listen uh, to what he got to say because he be going in. I be here for his little rants. They've gone dug up uh, mobile grave from the ground for autopsy. I see repeats. A lot of you are still not asking. Very dark black man, that's his name. But it's, this one is on Tunde's page right now. Asking the right question. You understand? I asked this question before. When I made me the go viral for say DNA, when I know ask the right question, and I see the accent now, where is this boy that said Mubad was where is this boy secondly look at this video there are still three guys again i just discovered this video where are these three people when they push different video and i say oh do dna test when i not push this one when they ask the question say where the boy did if you bring out this boy we'll get our answer bring out this boy look at the other ones bring these boys out and let them come and tell us who told them mubad was 
where they carried Mubad from and who told them that Mubad was there to be sure. Bring these boys and we'll get our answer. Everybody they talk, talk, talk since we know they talk, go the right direction. Hey, you can't cancel Malian music. Hey, you can't do this. Yes, we cancel Malian music. You understand? When I leave everything, so he said me they do DNA test. I asked all that right question. I am asking the right question. Everybody they go one direction. Do you understand? I said, bring these boys. These boys go tell us whether they send them. Do you understand? Secondly, immediately Muba shaked in that video. Muba shaking head. Immediately Muba shaking head. That guy ended that video. Did he end the video to finish the job? Did he finish the boy? Secondly, the father. Why was he rushing to the boy? Do you understand? Why did he rush to bed the boy? They said he even wanted to bed the boy that night. Why was he rushing? And why didn't they bring a coffin that befit the boy? They brought a coffin that is not inside. He bent the head. I want justice. I know they do all those sentiments. Bring back everybody. Everybody. Don't leave anybody. Back them. Something they will not know. Okay. Oops. Let me come back on the screen, chat. So, y'all heard what he was saying. So, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a lot. I know y'all wanted, like, the breakdown. So, this is where we're at now. Where we're at now is that basically they have exhumed the body. So everybody's waiting to get the results of the autopsy. There was some lady that was there when they were pulling the coffin out and she was saying that there was fresh blood um, on the coffin and supposedly he was buried alive. I don't know. Um, but something with this whole situation is extremely disturbing. And I see a lot of people saying, you know, is it a sacrifice? you know, maybe money ritual or something. You just never know. At this point, you just never know. Because the industry is dark. There's a lot of things that go on in the music industry, not just here, but abroad, you know, and people are willing to sacrifice others for fame. But the fact that this young boy was going through this, or young man, excuse me, was going through this for as long as he was, and everybody just sat idly by. The police just sat idly by. They never tried to do anything to get justice for him. Now they're all acting retroactively instead of being proactive. When he was saying, they keep jumping me. They keep showing up to my house. They keep showing up to my video shoots. They keep putting hands on me. Nothing was done. Even when he filed the police report, nothing was done. So this is why justice for Mobad has been trending. This is why so many people are hurt and very sad with everything that happened to this young man. Oh, and then another thing why he kept saying that there needs to be a DNA test done, the other guy, I'm angry, very dark, angry black man. Um, he's saying that because he feels like Mobad's son, you just never know, it may not be his son. He feels like, oh, well, he doesn't really look like him. And, you know, the wife may be getting, you know, benefits off of this. And that might not even be his child. Because a lot of, like, the Nigerian celebrities, um, they basically kind of started, like, a GoFundMe, like a Nigerian version. And so they have been donating money to Mobad's son. And his son's, like, eight months old. So a lot of people are, like, donating a lot of money to this little boy. So he was saying... There needs to be a DNA test done so that way we can make sure it's, you know, rightfully his son. So that's what he was talking about when he was saying DNA test. He wasn't talking about 
mobile taking it you know getting a dna dna test from mobile for the father but for the son so that's what he was saying for people who are asking yeah you know there could be some juju in the mix so it's a crazy story and i can't believe it's taking me an hour to break this down yeah it's it's a it's such a sad story so as I get more information, we'll definitely update y'all in the YouTube um, community feed and on Instagram. But um, so that's the gist of it. I know it's probably hard for a lot of y'all to understand what they were saying and stuff like that. But that's the gist of it. I think I broke. I don't know. Did I break it down? Okay, where well, y'all understand what's going on? I think I broke it down. I tried to pause it when I could, but then I didn't want to, you know, interrupt too much for the people who do speak Yorba who just want to hear it in full. Did it make sense? <laughs> Somebody says, I love international tea. <laughs> Thank you. And yes, you know, justice from Obad, you know, it's sad. And I think a lot more you, a lot of, a lot more Nigerian YouTubers need to be talking about this. Like we're the, you know, there's so many Nigerian beauty influencers. They need to be talking about this and, you know, bringing more light to it. I don't, you know, I don't have a million subscribers. So, you know, people who got way more than me should be bringing more light to it. Shout out to all the Nigerian, you know, commentary channels like True Crime, True Crime Daniel and so many people who've been on top of it. But, you know, those channels are still small. So we need more eyes on this. He needs to get justice, you know, because it's not right. And y'all know me. I hate bullying. I hate bullies, you know. And when you're bullying somebody who clearly does not want to fight back, who clearly does not want the smoke, they just want to be left alone, that pisses me off. That pisses a lot of people off. Because like I said, even through all this uh, torture and the way they were tormenting him, you know, just constantly harassing him, booing him, talking crazy about him, saying he's a drug addict, he was an alcoholic, everything else. All the things they were trying to say to ruin his reputation and make it where other people in the industry wouldn't want to work with him. You know, they're trying to make it difficult for him to book shows. But then Sam Larry wants to turn around and say, oh, that's my brother. Shut up. You know, so I just, I, I just, I hate the fact that he was bullied to death, you know, and the fact that he was basically poisoned. Because when it first came out, I really thought it was the S word because of just all of the drama, all the things that he went through. But then when that other video came out, they clearly put something in that water bottle and the way he was crying, you could tell he really wanted to live. He did not want to die. So, man, it's sad. It's sad. Why are we having a Haitian-Nigerian battle in the comments? I, I don't know. I'm just seeing a bunch of somebody's Haitian. What that got to do with what we talking about? What happened? I know Kodak Black is Haitian. Bev says, T, we on no vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. God sees all and will take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's a sad story, but they will not find peace. They won't find any peace with the way they treated that boy. He can come on and do all the little live stream videos from London because they've ran out of Nigeria. So they're all hiding in London. So he can do all the little live streams that he wants to do. He won't find any peace because you don't do people like that. Um, Let me see here. Make sure. I think I hit up everything I needed to hit up in that story. Okay, yep, I did. 
Uh, okay. So now let me read some super chats and I'm going to get on to some other topics as well. Uh, Shy B sent $20 says, thank God, T, I just pulled up YouTube and you are live. It's been a trash week. Thank you. You are so welcome and thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this stream makes you feel a little bit better. I know the topic is heavy, but I really wanted to break it down for my American subscribers and, you know, my subscribers, you know, just globally everywhere. I got subscribers in Mexico and Europe just to kind of let them know the backstory of what was going down. So thank you for joining me today. Uh, let's see here. Moni. Sam 49 says, T, you look like a black Barbie. Well, thank you. I appreciate you, love. Thank you. Uh, Ehan Williams says, said 1999. He says, you look beautiful. I love your channel. Please continue doing what you're doing. I definitely will. And thank you so much for stopping through. Thank you for the love. I appreciate you. Um, Miss Diva sent 199 says, happy born day to your queen, T. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yes, I cannot believe another year around the sun. Happy birthday to my mom, child. Coming up tomorrow. One more day. Uh, let's see here. Crazy Bananas sent $9.99. Says, hey, T. Uh, hey, love. Been watching you for years. I'm going to watch the playback. Much love. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Um, I always, I know it's not Cornicia. Usually you write it out. Miss, I'm going to call you Miss Morgan. Because I know that's not, I know your name is spelled totally different from how it's pronounced, but I cannot think of how you pronounce it right now. But uh, Miss Morgan sent $10, says, Manti, if the hate, uh, Manti, if the haters, if they want, if all they want is buffoonery, then move on. There's real issues going on. I need a social media break because my head is spinning. Thank you so much, sis. I appreciate you. Yeah, that's why I told them, move, you know what I'm saying? Move the hell around. There's other people going live right now. If y'all want a bunch of, you know, clowning and stuff like that go watch somebody else right now we talking about some real stuff you know sometimes we gotta break away from like the regular traditional ratchet crazy you know what i'm saying celebrity news and gossip to talk about real stuff so that's what i wanted to do so thank you sis uh miss mel sent ten dollars says t the moment you said what they did to him in the coffin my entire soul became uneasy the ripples from the manner of his passing will go far. Yes, I, I definitely agree, you know, and I just, I don't get that. I don't, I don't understand how as a parent, you know, you're more worried about property than how you're sending your child off into the, into the next realm, to the ancestors, you know, and death is a big deal in our culture, you know, spiritually speaking. So, a lot of people, that's what really broke like my mom's heart, a lot of people's hearts when they saw like how disrespected he was in death, you know? Um, it's just disgusting. Um, let me see here. Thank you for the super chat though. Um, Joshua Morganson5 says, longtime supporter from London. Started watching at 14, now I'm 23. Love you, auntie. Just got to the live, by the way. Do you speak Yoruba fluently? Thank you so much. Um, I know I don't speak it fluently a little bit. My Yoruba is not that good, but I can understand it fluently. So my mom mainly talks to me in Yoruba and I just reply back either in Pigeon English or in English. So I can understand it, but it's hard for me to speak it back because unfortunately, there's not a lot of people that speak it anymore. Even in Nigeria, you know, for years they've been pushing, speaking English, speaking English. So even like family back home, a lot of them speak English. So it's like our language, unfortunately, is dying. 
Um, I would love to be able to speak it more fluently and learn more, you know what I mean? But it's hard because even if I talk to my mom, who else can I talk to? My cousins don't speak Yoruba, you know what I'm saying? I've taught the boys a little bit, but they don't speak it fluently. So it's not like Spanish, like, you know, Spanish, there's so many people who speak Spanish, you hear Spanish all the time. So I don't know, it's sad, but yeah, no, I definitely understand it though. So a lot of times, like, you know, I watch like a lot of uh, Nollywood movies and stuff. I follow a lot of like Nigerian blogs just to keep me constantly immersed with, you know, the Yoruba language. So even like, it's always funny if I'm like, if I'm at Walmart, like especially like I'm in Atlanta, cause a lot of Nigerians down there and stuff. And I hear it, it's like, oh, you speak Yoruba, ah. <laughs> So I always love it because it's like you're not hearing Spanish all the time. But when you hear, you know, your bus like, ah, okay, you know, it makes you like turn your whole head, everything. <laughs> but my sister, um, she speaks it pretty fluently. You know, she goes back and forth to Nigeria all the time. So she, my sister speaks it very, you know, she's very fluent in it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's funny. So I love when I hear it. I love when I hear it. But, um... Yeah, Houston too. I've only been to Houston once. I want to come back down to Houston. There's a lot of Nigerians in Houston. So y'all hear it all the time. I mean, there's there's a lot of Nigerians up here too. Not as much as like Houston and Atlanta. So, but it's always fun. If I'm at the mall, if I'm walking past and I hear like, you know, like a husband and wife and they're talking, you know, and it's like, ah, also, you're about, you know, and they're looking at me like, oh, wow. <laughs> so I always like hearing it. But yeah, it's, it's hard to to speak it because there's not a lot of people that speak it, especially like amongst my age and younger. So that's the thing. Like, so if we're listening and we're talking and we're, you know, going back and forth, it's usually with the older generation, like my mom's generation, you know? So yes, my dad is Yoruba as well. Um, yeah, they both mainly speak Yoruba, you know, like they speak English too, but it's going to be more broken pigeon English. So that's why my mom was like, I don't know if I want to come on your podcast. They're not going to understand me, yo. I don't want to, you know, get up there and they're getting upset. They don't know what I'm saying. So, yes, yeah, so my mom was like just kind of nervous. I'm like, mom, I said, there, there'll be people who understand you. But she feels like y'all won't understand her. So she didn't want to come on the podcast. <laughs> I was like, ah, come and break this down for me. But, yeah, she was like, no. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, like I said... That that is why, like now, do y'all understand? Like, my English is not perfect. That's why I always laugh when people are like, "Oh, you speak bad English. Your English is weird." Well, I, you know, that was my second language for so long. You know, like I was in ESL, everything. So I think I speak good enough, very good English now. But there's still words that I mess up. You know, but like I said, y'all will drag me for like mispronouncing words, but y'all don't drag the Spanish speakers. You know what I'm saying? When they say stuff, you know, in broken English, it's sexy, it's spicy. Child, I say something, I'm drugged. You need to say it like this. They're fixing my pronunciations. So it's like, you know what? It is what it is, child. It is what it is. But yeah. So yeah, this story was crazy. But yeah, shout out to all the ESL kids, child. <laughs> Grew up in ESL. Those were some interesting times, okay? Very interesting. Um, but yeah, listen, I said like how you say California. Yeah. Like that's how we've always pronounced it, California. So when people be like, oh, why do you say California like that? I'm like, well, that's how we say it at my house. That's how we grew up saying it. So 
you know, sorry if I don't pronounce it like how people say it, you know, regularly, but I've never pronounced it like that. That's how I've always said California. So, yeah. <laughs> My peer says ESL here. If your name is Pierre, I'm assuming you might you might speak French. I might be wrong. ESL gang, shout out to my Haitian ESL gangs. We got the Mexicans in the house, no names, said they did ESL and they're Mexican. Trinidad and Tobago, Jamaica. Yeah, that's what's up. Oh, Vietnamese, yeah. People laugh about that, the way I say Vietnamese. I, that's how we've always said it, Vietnamese. Yep, like, it's not Vietnamese. Forgive me. You can't change how I've been speaking for a long time. So I don't know. <laughs> All right. So I've been out here for an hour. Let me go ahead um, and read these last few super chats. I'm going to get on to the next topic here. Uh, Kosandi Sim 499. I can't help but be nervous when you talk about heavy subjects. Hollywood scares me, but God got you. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, my mama don't play about me, honey. We stayed prayed up over here. So uh, nothing formed against me shall prosper, period. You know what I'm saying? Um, but thank you, sis. Uh, Malikia Henry, Michaelia, I think it's Michaelia Henry. Sam 499 says, this is the modern day Kitty Genovese. They all watched, but no one called for help. He didn't deserve any of this living or dead. Mm. That's a good comparison, sis. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, lovely Libra sent 999 says, I can't wait to watch the playback at work tomorrow. I'm studying right now. You're the only YouTuber I'm a member of because I appreciate how well-rounded you are. I learned a lot from you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you, sis. Uh, Ransom Place Entertainment sent 1999 says, Nigerians are afraid to talk about the mobile situation because they are scared of being a target by the Nigerian government. Cameroon is worse. They say good luck going home alive if you talk about the president. Yes, and thank you for bringing that up. And I think that's part of it too, is the fear. And then, you know, again, like with people like Sam Larry, he has so many connections to the government. He's taking pictures with the president and things like that. So I get why people are scared, you know, especially if you're like an entertainer, an influencer, you know, or if you're there in Nigeria, you have a big platform, it can be scary. But I like the fact that people are putting their fears aside and they're taking to the streets. And that is why, you know, people can say, oh, Auntie Yabo is crazy. All she does is yell this and that. She just wants attention. But she's saying some real shit. You know what I'm saying? And she's putting herself at risk, but she's saying some real stuff to say the truth. So that's the thing. Y'all got to support the ones that are the truth tellers who are saying truthful things. And um, it is scary, though, you know, because, again, in America, you have a lot more, quote unquote, freedoms. You know, they are trying to get rid of some of them to say, for the most part, what you feel right within reasons. But then we have to remember in a lot of other countries, you're not allowed to have an opinion. You're not allowed like the way people be going in on old man Joe and going in on Trump and, you know, right versus left, that's still a freedom that Americans are allowed to enjoy. In a lot of countries, you can't speak bad about people in government, the president, things like that. So it is very scary. It is. 
That's why that whole SARS movement was such a big deal against the like corrupt police when that happened in 2020. You know, that was such a big deal for like the youth to stand up. And then what happened? They got shot, you know, they were shot at. It was just, oh my gosh, those videos still live in my head rent free. That was such a horrible time. Um, yes, North Korea is another place you cannot have an opinion at all. Can't do nothing in North Korea. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Hamilton Senfai says, some people that speak English can't even speak proper English. So don't sweat that. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to worry about it no more. Um, what's up, BL? BL Sherelle Senfai says, sis, you are getting finer with time. You look beautiful today. Thank you so much, BL. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming through, sis. We got to get on a podcast together soon. Definitely got to... Uh, Lots to talk about that's going on in hip hop. So we definitely got to get up on a podcast. So I want to talk about this Krishan situation. So if you guys don't know, once again, honey, Krishan Rock is trending. Um, Let me go ahead and pull up my page. So she was caught at Walmart with this baby. This baby done been to more places. How old is this baby? I think because the, the baby was born around when I was having my Labor Day party. So that was like, what, two and a half weeks ago? So this baby's not even three weeks yet. This baby has been to a football game. This baby has been to this to a church to get deliverance. This baby done been to the gas station. This baby done been in the studio. And now we have the baby at Walmart. And the problem with the baby being at Walmart is that they caught Krishan basically not even cradling the baby properly. The baby's head had no support. The video is just sad. It's just really sad. So let me go ahead and share my tab real quick here. Make this bigger. I don't want to play too much music, but do y'all see the baby's head? The baby literally looks like a limp doll in that carrier. So people were pissed off about this. They're like, you know, you got a dog in your hand. Like, does the dog need to come with you to Walmart with the baby? The baby should be in a car seat. If you're not going to have it fastened up, put it in a car seat in the cart. She's just doing the most. So now this was also the baby. <laughs> I don't want to play too much of her music, but y'all hear how loud that music is. And she's in there with this baby. She claims the baby. She later came out and said the baby had on headphones. I'm not buying it. I don't see nan headphone. And the baby's ears are too small for earbuds or earplugs. So I just, I, I don't understand like why she won't just sit down and just enjoy this newborn baby. Like they, these are the moments that you're supposed to just be relaxing and you know, literally 24 hours after she had the baby, she was in the gym working out in her house. She's just been doing a lot. So social media has not been here for it. Let me see if I can find the video. Hold on real quick. Now to the growing Of her responding to everyone talking. Um, about her and the baby because she did have a response let me see if i can find that 
Let's see if that comes up today. Yeah, everybody's talking about this Walmart situation. I'm trying to see if I can find her response to the Walmart situation. I think I might have seen it on the Shade Room or something. I'm not sure. But it's not coming up on Twitter. But basically, long story short, um, oh, it looks like Blueface's mama done said something. You know she gonna have something to say, child. And now she's talking about being pregnant again. Okay, here goes a new updated video. Let me show y'all this. Yeah, I'm getting pregnant six months. Oh, my girl looking like this. <laughs> yeah, I'll be pregnant in the next, what, six months? Beware. <laughs> Hold on, when, when do you get off this break? She's struggling right now to even take care of this baby. You know, as far as like holding the baby, not having the baby around all types of people. And she's talking about getting pregnant in six weeks. That don't make no sense at all. Yeah, I can't find the video of her responding to this. I wish I could, but I'm not seeing it. But either way, I just feel like she's been doing way too much with this child. Um, and it's like, where's the big mamas? Where are the grandmothers, the aunties? Like, I see that she's with somebody. There's always somebody. You always hear somebody in the background. Why are they not telling her to just rest up and sit down? She doesn't have to take this baby everywhere. Like, even as young as that baby is, I remember keeping a blanket, you know, like a little light blanket. People don't do that no more. Is that old school? Is that from, like, the kids that was born in the 99s and the 2000s? When my son was that young and I had to take him to the grocery store, I put a little light blanket. Like, you would put it over the, um, like, the car seat. And the blanket would, like, cover up germs and people trying to peek in and look at your baby. I haven't seen a blanket on this baby at all as far as covering the baby up from germs. Somebody said you're supposed to. Okay, so y'all still do that? Because I'm like, well, damn, man, I know, I know it's been a few years. You know, my baby's 17. My other baby's 22, so I get it. It's been a few years, but I didn't know. It was, it's like, do people not do that anymore? Because the way she's got this baby everywhere in that little fuzzy outfit, but nothing covering the baby's face, and especially when there's C-19 out here. C-19 is coming back with a vengeance. It makes no sense. Somebody said, now nah, we still put blankets over our babies. Yeah. I just, I don't get that. Okay, so let me go ahead, because I'm not going to be on here for too long. It's already been an hour and 23 minutes. Um, I want to talk about Lizzo. So Lizzo is facing another lawsuit. So we're going to hit on that real quick. So this just broke today. I don't know who Lizzo done pissed off in the industry, but the lawsuits are not stopping. 
the lawsuits are lawsuiting, okay? So this is what's being reported. They're saying Lizzo has been named in yet another lawsuit from someone who claims to be a former tour employee. Just weeks after being blasted three form by three former backup dancers who, who are currently suing her, but her spokesperson has quickly denied the new claims, alleging the accuser never actually met or even spoke to the star. Lizzo is now being sued by a woman who claims to have been forced to hear racist and fat phobic comments from members of Lizzo's team while working very long hours, according to TMZ on Thursday. The site obtained legal documents in which Asha Daniels claims to have been hired by members of Lizzo's team named Amanda Numara, wait, Numora to join the singer's tour with a gig in wardrobe in 2023. Daniels alleges that working for the, store, for the star took quite a toll, claiming that she would occasionally work from 6 a.m. till 2 a.m. while being refused a break. As Daniels is a black woman, she claims Nam, what is it? Nomura was cruel by routinely making racist and fatphobic comments, alleging calling black women on tour dumb, useless, and fat. So this is what is currently going on with Lizzo. This entire thing is a mess. Again, I want to know who Lizzo done pissed off in the industry because they are definitely putting her out there. Um, and it seems like a lot of people are now suing and coming after celebrities and corporations for hostile work environments. You know, so many times people thought it was a corporate America thing, but now people are coming after these entertainers. You know, you have to be professional with your workers at all time. I'm not saying that Lizzo was or wasn't, because again, I'm gonna wait till it plays out in court, but you have to understand that you cannot fraternize with your employees like they're your friends. You can't talk to them crazy like they're your friends. If you're cutting them a check, it needs to be very, very professional because you don't know everybody's boundaries. You don't know everybody's background, what they really believe, what they're willing to take and what they're willing to not take. So I think that's where Lizzo and a lot of people mess up is that they feel like, you know, because somebody works for them and they're working long hours that somehow they're buddy buddy and they can talk to them crazy or put them through, you know, crazy situations. But now a lot of employer, a lot of employees, excuse me, are fighting back. So we're going to see how this works. We're, we're going to see what ends up happening. I have no dog in this fight. I'm going to just fall back and see what happens, okay? So now we got to talk real quick about Sexy Red. Sexy Red has been trending. I don't know if Sexy Red is trolling us or she's keeping it real, but this is what's being reported and the social media streets are currently shocked. So it's being reported that Sexy Red announced an upcoming lip gloss line inspired by her Pound Town lyrics, okay? So again, I don't know if she's trolling, but this is what's being reported. So Sexy Red just announced a new lip gloss line with names that are being inspired by her hit song, Pound Town. In a recent interview with Interview Magazine, which dropped earlier this month on September 7th, the rising rap star revealed her next business move. I got a lip gloss line dropping soon. Y'all better shop with your girl, she said in the interview. I got different flavors, coochie juice, booty hole brown, coochie pink, sex on my period, what the, f gonorrhea, and yellow, wait, 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 yellow discharge and nut. 
Get the fuck off my screen. Get her the fuck up out of here. Like, I don't even understand, like, what? Now I'm here for a lip gloss line. Y'all know I, I love me lip. I keep, I don't even know what it look. I keep a lip gloss, okay? I'm here for a lip gloss line, bitch. But I'm not putting nothing on my mouth called gonorrhea. I'm not putting nothing on my mouth called booty hole brown. I'm not putting nothing on my mouth called vaginal discharge or just whatever the hell this shit was called. Like, I just, I don't get this. And then the thing is, I keep telling y'all spell casting is real. Okay? Spell casting is very real. Why would you want to wear a lip gloss called gonorrhea and put that on your lips and think that you may not speak gonorrhea forming on your lips in real life? That is disgusting. I just, I don't get it. But you know what the sad part is? People gonna buy it. People are gonna buy it. Remember when she first came out, everybody was like, she needs to be canceled. Why is she a thing? She's ratchet. And now this girl is literally on the billboard. Her tours are selling out. People are really rocking with her. She got some heavy hitters rocking with her in the industry. Uh, Little Dirk just jumped on the song with her. She's been opening for Drake. So unfortunately, people are going to buy this. You know, again, there's no more shame. Like, I've been saying this for years. The reason why stuff like this flies is because there's no more shame. Everybody wants to be PC and politically correct. You're not allowed to shame people. You're not allowed to call people out. Again, I'm here for her starting a lip gloss line if that's what she wants to do. But why use those names? And it's going to be young people buying this lip gloss. I'm sorry, but I don't want, if I had a teen daughter or a young child, a tween, I don't want my tween putting lip gloss on her lips called gonorrhea or sex on my period. I don't need, I, I, like, what in the world? <laughs> I don't get this at all. Like, like, these names are ratchet as hell. Why is this even a thing? I don't understand this. Why is this the thing, Sexy Red? This makes no sense. Like, what happened to normal flavors like bubblegum, cherry, blueberry, grape? Like, and even if you want to, like, pick some, you know, spicy names, maybe do something like St. Louis. You know what I'm saying? Red hair. Glasses. Bifocals. You know, just something funny that plays off of her. But... I guess, honey, I'm not interested in putting nothing near my mouth called booty hole brown. Pass. Next. So that is what she has in store for the people. Now, I want to also hit on this last story before I go. I have been keeping up with this story. Um, the baby from the Bronx. This broke my heart. Um, if you guys don't know, this was about three days ago. Um, this story went national. A daycare in the Bronx, um, it was about three or four kids. They had lunch. And then all of a sudden, the daycare lady went to wake them up. None of the kids were waking up. So this is, I'm telling y'all the first story. She was scared. She caught the police. The police came. They felt something wasn't right. They were seeing like drug paraphernalia. So they started giving the kids Norcan. One of the kids that survived was an eight-month-old baby. Then there were two other kids, like, you know, one and two. But a one-year-old child that was rushed to the hospital, he never woke up. He ended up dying. And this baby, that's the little baby on the thumbnail, he is so adorable. And I feel so bad for the parents 
the dad said this was his first week at that daycare. So now there's been an update to the story. The daycare lady was lying. She was basically using this daycare as a front for her drug operation. So we're going to go ahead and um, watch this here real quick. So let me go ahead and share my screen. This entire situation is just, it's, it's sad. So they spoke about it today on, um, what is this, GMA? Fentanyl crisis nationwide and new details on the overdose death of a one-year-old child at a New York daycare. Investigators now say a kilo of the de deadly drug was stored on top of playmats there. Our senior investigative correspondent, Aaron Katursky, joins us now with more. Good morning, Aaron. Michael, good morning to you. The authorities say fentanyl is now the most urgent threat the nation faces. It's killing tens of thousands of Americans every year, including a one-year-old here at this daycare. You can see the mementos left in his memory. And now the owner is accused of using the place as a stash house for drugs. Mm. This morning, the owner of Divino Nino Daycare is locked up on federal drug charges, accusing her of storing fentanyl on playmats children use to take naps. One of the most reckless things that a human can do to endanger the life of a child like that. Inside the daycare, investigators say they found large quantities of fentanyl along with machines and supplies to package it for sale. Was this daycare meant to hide a drug operation? So Aaron, these, these drug traffickers, they don't care. They could care less about the people that they're putting in harm's way. And in this case, these babies uh, were poisoned by the reckless, irresponsible behavior of drug traffickers. Four children became ill after they were exposed, but the owner, Gray Mendez, allegedly called her husband twice before dialing 911. And while waiting for paramedics, prosecutors say her husband was seen carrying heavy shopping bags out a back alley. All of that happened while the children, the babies, were suffering from the effects of fentanyl poisoning and in desperate need of help. One-year-old Nicholas Domenici died at the hospital. Three others were revived with the overdose reversal drug Narcan. The DEA says the case demonstrates the danger fentanyl poses to the country. It's often now mixed into other drugs, but since it's odorless and tasteless, users may never know. Fentanyl-related deaths have increased every year in the last decade. As little as two milligrams can be lethal, and the DEA says it seized enough just last year to kill every American. This morning, Mendez and a co-defendant are being held without bail. She told police she knew nothing about fentanyl being stored here at her daycare. It had just passed inspection, but city daycare inspectors don't check for fentanyl. Why would they? Though the health department says now maybe they should. Robin? Absolutely, Aaron. Such a horrific story. All right, let me come back on the screen. Um, I haven't seen the baby boy, the mom. I might have missed if she did an interview. I've only seen the father speaking out. Um, and most of the time, he's just breaking down crying. It's so sad. Um, he's, he's, uh, he speaks Spanish, so a lot of times they're translating for him. But he said that was his son's first week. This was a new daycare for them. Um, so you leave your child at daycare because you have to work. You know, this was back in like the fifties. One of the parents would stay home with the kids, but the way, you know, in this day and age, nobody can stay home with the kids because daycare is so expensive. Rent is expensive. Groceries are expensive. Parents have to work. So when we go to work, we are entrusting you with our children. 
And when you are a daycare, daycare owner, those kids, you're supposed to treat them like they were your own. I don't understand that. Would she be okay placing her daughter on a mat where fentanyl was or where fentanyl has, had fallen? Why would you allow your husband, the cousins, and whoever else to run a drug bin in your daycare? That is your livelihood. There's children's lives at risk. I mean, this is really scary. And then people saying, well, this is why you have to check and, you know, parents need to do their due diligence. Can we stop with the constant victim blaming? Like, can we just take a break from that? Because I don't care how much due diligence you do as a parent. This is not a natural situation. Nobody's going into a daycare and thinking, oh, she has a drug bin in the back. Or do you, do you sell fentanyl out of here on your days off? Nobody goes into a daycare with that mentality. You're going in, you know, making sure the place looks clean, that there's toys, there's blankets, there's food, the kids look happy. Nobody's going in thinking about fentanyl. So let's stop blaming the parents. Let's stop saying that people need to do their due diligence. How about people need to stop being fucking criminals? When are we going to hold the criminals accountable? She, her husband, her cousin, they were three fucked up individuals. How about we start there and stop saying that the parents need to do more research? I don't care. I've had my kids in daycare their whole life. I don't care how much research you do, things can happen. You can get, uh, what is that? Will you call your friends, um, resources, and, and you call people to get references. That only goes so far. So if you call 15 people and say, is this a good daycare? You know, did your child like it? Yeah, my child had a great time. My child, you know, comes home smiling every day. They treat my child like their own. That is how parents talk about daycare. That is how they cross-reference daycares. Parents aren't going in talking about, well, while you was there, were they smoking weed around the kids? Because that's not supposed to happen at a daycare. So let's, let's, let's stop with the, the parents need to do their due diligence. No, absolutely not. The daycares need to stop selling drugs out of a daycare. How about that? Let's not use daycares as drug fronts. How about that? This fentanyl crisis is no joke. It was, what, a year and a half ago when me and BL Sherelle, we did our podcast about the, we did a whole drug podcast. And we were telling y'all a year ago, they were putting fentanyl in the weed. People were starting to die from weed overdoses. Folks thought we were reaching, but now you're hearing more and more young people dying from weed overdose. Even I had a conversation with some young people earlier today, and they're saying at this point, you gotta test all your stuff now. They don't even feel comfortable smoking behind nobody. You gotta test stuff before you smoke it. There's like fentanyl, fentanyl test strips. The young folks were teaching me about that earlier today. You know, I ask questions and shit. You know, I don't know, cause I don't do drugs. So they were telling me. And so they were like, yeah, they're having to use fentanyl test strips now for their weed. So you can't even trust the weed man. Because at this point they want people addicted. And how do you get people addicted? You get them addicted by making them come back. So if my weed is way fire and way more potent, you'll come back. But like a lot of adults have been telling me, cause see, I, I can't, I have nothing to compare it to cause I never smoked weed as a kid. But a lot of my friends who've been smoking weed since high school, they have been telling me verbatim the weed of yesteryear from the nineties, from when we were growing up is not the weed of today. 
Yesterday's price is not today's price in weed terms. They are saying the weed nowadays is strong as hell. Even the edibles. Them edibles be looking all nice. They taste good. All they be having you gone. I tried a cookie. It looked innocent enough. I was lost for an hour. Didn't even know how to get home. I just pulled over like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the hell? But I've never smoked weed though. But I have tried an edible. And it was just like, it had my mind gone for a whole 24 hours. It was just like, oh, my, all I could do was just, by the time I got home, was just sit in my room and just lay down. So it's like a lot of this stuff is very strong. It looks innocent because, you know, weed is legal now in Minnesota. That's another thing that got me side-eyeing everything, too, is that it's very funny that stuff is legal now. So, you know, there's legal places. So, you know, I'm thinking, okay, you're going to the, to the legal spot. You know, it's legal. And I tried it. It had me gone. And I only, like, it was like a little fourth because they always say don't eat, you know, don't eat a whole cookie. I always want to take a little piece and see how, you know, it, it uh, affects you. A little piece like this. I was like just out of my mind for a whole day. I just sat in my room. Just laid down. <laughs> and then it finally eventually wore off. So it's like, you, you know, it, it's just very, it's a lot. It's a lot. And everybody keeps saying these strains are way stronger. So I learned my lesson, child. I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to stay with my, my prescriptions from my doctor. Cause this, the edible shit, like it really, like it really was messing with my brain. Like it was just like, oh my gosh, it was just, everything was just so, you know, it's like, oh, what the hell? But again, I don't get high like that. So it's like, for me, it was just very, very weird. I don't like feeling like I can't control my brain, but yeah, it's legal now in Minnesota. And now they're saying it's so bad with people smoking in public, they're trying to make an ordinance in St. Paul where they're saying you can't smoke like in downtown St. Paul, you can't smoke near the businesses because people now they just be smoking everywhere out in the open. So like Minnesota's starting to look like Cali. It's like all these weed shops popping up everywhere, you know? So again, young people, I'm going to just say this, please check your weed because I talked to some 20-something year olds earlier today and they were saying that Yes, you need to tell your audience the same thing B.L. Sherrod was saying a year ago. Y'all need to really check your weed, especially if you're getting it from the weed man and you're not going to the dispensaries because the weed man, not all, but some of them have been cutting their weed with fentanyl. And you want to make sure that that last puff is not literally your last puff, okay? It's one thing if y'all want to get high, but you want to wake up, okay? So it's very scary. It's very, very scary, man. Um, I just feel so bad. They said it's the same thing. And is weed legal in NYC? People are saying it's bad. Oh, yeah, I think it is. It's legal in NYC. Y'all got legalized like two years ago. So they just be out there smoking, huh? I remember in Cali, the people upstairs used to smoke weed. That's how I had to start getting used to weed was when I lived in Cali. Because it would just blow down into my apartment. And I'd complain like, hey. My apartment smells like weed. I don't smoke weed. I don't like, you know, I like, like anybody who's been in my house, y'all know my house smells immaculate. I always have like, you know, diffusers going, you know what I'm saying? Smell goods, Glade plugins. I like my house to smell good. And so it's like all this weed would be coming from the vent. And I would complain, hey, they got my damn apartment smell like weed. And they would just laugh, oh, you're in Cali. You're not in Minnesota. There's no, it's legal here. 
I'm like, so they can just keep smoking like a chimney 24-7 to the point where I'm waking up with a damn buzz and shit? Like, there's nothing we can do. I used to hate that. They would just be coming through the vents and stuff. So, child. So not the rest of the country looking like L.A. <laughs> so, yeah, but I just, I feel really bad. Like, this story was just super, super, like, just seeing that little boy in his little outfit. He was just so adorable. And, you know, when you're a parent, especially a young parent, it, like, you're nervous enough leaving your kids. You know what I'm saying? With anybody, especially somebody who's not family. I remember the first time I had to drop my oldest off at daycare, I cried because he had been with me like every day for like four months, you know? So now I had to put him in daycare because I had to go back to school, you know, I had to go to work and stuff like that. And it's so hard to. So when you're leaving your child with a daycare, you're entrusting them with your child's life. So this woman and her cohorts send their asses to jail. There's no excuse for this. And there's, there's nothing the parents could have done to prevent this. And oh gosh, it's just horrible. And you know, the thing that's even more crazy, I was telling y'all this in the last Zoom meeting, if y'all don't know, a lot of kids are gonna be kicked out of daycare. Daycare assistance is coming to an end in a lot of places around the country. There will be no more daycare assistance because the government is running out of money. So right now, a lot of people do not know what they're going to do with their child. They still have to pay bills. They still have to go to work. So it's getting real out here. When I say winter is coming, winter is coming. And daycare assistance is a blessing because daycare is so expensive. Daycare is just as much as somebody's mortgage. You know, you're having to pay between five, sometimes $1,000 a week. It's a lot. So it's like daycare assistance is coming to an end for y'all who don't know this. It's coming to an end for a lot of people. So right now, a lot of people are scrambling to figure out what they're going to do because they cannot afford the price of daycare. The assistance is coming to an end. So now you're going to have a lot of kids being entrusted with people who may not be good people to entrust them with. And that's the part that's scary. Ain't nothing scarier than not having a... a, a a reliable babysitter and you have to be at work and you have to pray and pray that this person that you're leaving your child with because you may not have family in the area is not going to touch your child, harm your child. You calling on your lunch breaks. Let me talk to my child. Let me hear my child cooing and, and you know, gaga gooing in the background. It ain't easy having young kids. So... Yeah, winter's coming, y'all. I'm just saying, be prepared. It's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of things going on right now. America is running out of money. Resources are dwindling. All these strikes are happening. They're saying that the nurses are about to go back on strike, I believe in New York again or somewhere on the East Coast. I saw that yesterday. They're getting ready to strike again which is scary because again, C-19 is creeping back. You have a lot of truckers. We had yellow truck, they went out of business. Uh, remember uh, our good sis from Boston. Why? <laughs> Univergo soul, why did my mind just like go blank? Univergo soul. She said when she went to the store the other day, there's not a lot of stuff on the shelf. A lot of things were missing from their local Walmart. And I've been noticing that too. 
the shelves are becoming more and more depleted. Well, right now they're having issues at the Panama Canal. Lots of droughts. There's not enough water to, you know, allow the boats to go in safely. So right now the Panama, the Panama Canal has been shut down for a few days while they're trying to get things figured out. That is transportation. That is things that are getting transported globally. So you're going to see even more stuff emptying, more shelves emptying. Because we have truckers, we have trucks that are going out of commission. Remember the hustle in 2020, everybody was buying trucks in 2020. You too can be a truck driver. And now people are finding out they, they can't, they can't sustain, they can't sustain the monthly truck payments. The fuel is getting higher. So it's a lot going on right now. It is a whole lot going on. Um, yeah, the, the trucking businesses have slowed down a lot. Yep. Yep, ever given all over again. So it's, it's a lot going on. And so I just try to keep my ear to the streets concerning all the global news. You know, not just stuff that's affecting us here in the States, but, you know, globally. So um, that's something that's going on that's really big right now in transportation is these canals. And these canals have not been fixed, updated, you know, in hundreds of years. Thousands of people died building the Panama Canal. Thousands of people. So if they ever have to, like, really take it apart or really fix it, Who's going to do the job? This generation stuck on the internet. They're not trying to go down and build anything in the canal. Like thousands, like I want to say like 25,000 people. It was like a 40-year process to build it. And so all of this infrastructure globally, not just here in America, has been crumbling. And so they're trying to figure out, you know, how can we keep all this stuff going? Who knows? At this point, who knows? Just pray, keep yourself in prayer, pray over yourself. It's a lot going down. Uh, let's see, somebody said, 30,000 people died building the Panama Canal. Thank you, I knew it was close to 30, I said 25,000, yes. Thousands of people. So can you imagine in this generation, a bunch of folks going to rebuild and restructure that canal? So a lot of people benefit from, you know, the roads that others paved before us. You know, we're able to enjoy globalization and, you know, ordering stuff from Timu and AliExpress and all these things that we order overseas that get here in a matter of weeks, sometimes days, sometimes, you know, you can order something this here that later on that week, it's like, damn, how'd it get here that quick from China? We never think about the intricacies, the canal systems, the people who work at the ports, the truckers who bring us, you know, our supplies, the food, things like that. We don't think about that. So it's a lot, it's a lot going on. Oh, shout out to all my Panamanians. I see the Panamanian flags in the chat. Shout out to y'all. 
Um, let me see here. Let me read some of these super chats where I go. Hey, Eric. Eric sent $9.99. He says, what's up, though, my beautiful tea? Thanks for going live. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much, and you have a great weekend yourself. Thank you for stopping through, love. Uh, Tisha Locks in 499 says, hey, T, thanks for keeping me entertained while I'm on the road trucking. Haven't caught a live in a while. I finally did on my break. Keep bringing the truth forward. You are so welcome, and thank you. Thank you to all my truckers. Thank y'all for what y'all do. I had talked to Agent Matt not too long ago, so shout out to him as well. So he's still on the road. People been asking where he been at. He's been on the road delivering products for y'all and me. <laughs> so that's where he's at. He's, he's out here trucking. So shout out to all my truckers out there, because if it was not for y'all, even the railroad system, can we give a shout out to the people who run the trains? People don't understand how much stuff gets moved by these trains as well. So, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Hamilton sent five says the baby was at a boxing ring with her and Floyd Mayweather in blue. She don't have this baby everywhere. That's crazy. I didn't know he was at the boxing ring. Thank you for that, T. I didn't even know that. Uh, let's see here. My screen just refreshed. Ashley Senfai says, I'm laid up with my two-week-old baby girl, first child. I haven't gone anywhere but doctor's appointments. Nobody's going to see me again until January. I don't blame you. You know, and it's, like I said, it's okay to leave the house. You know, you, sometimes you need a break from the baby as well, but the baby doesn't necessarily have to leave the house. You know, leave the baby with a grandparent or the father, you know, so that way you can get a little break yourself and get a breather, but... Yeah, I just, I don't think I went anywhere either like the first month. I was just basically in the house except for doctor's appointments. We didn't go anywhere. I just enjoyed the baby, you know? Um, let's see here. Just Nikki doing Nikki things and $2 says, maybe I missed it. What was his mother saying? Um, again, I'm not sure. I haven't caught anything with the mom. Maybe she did do an interview on her son's passing. Um, you're talking about the mother of the little boy that died at the daycare, but I didn't see it. I only saw the father speaking, so I'm not sure. But thank you for the super chat. Um, Marcella Middleton sent 999 says, this situation is really heartbreaking. I appreciate you telling people to stop blaming the parents in this situation because this lady shouldn't have had any of that around children, period. Yes, yes, I don't care how much due diligence you do. Sometimes things just happen, unfortunately. So to try and shame the parents and say, well, I wouldn't have, you know, only my grandma watched my baby. Well, consider that a blessing. If you have family to watch your baby, consider that a blessing. Everybody doesn't have that. And people still have to work. So that is why they invented daycare centers. So if you have family members, just consider yourself blessed. Everyone doesn't have that. So... I'm always going to hold them accountable for that. Uh, LB sent 1999 says, people blame others because they don't want to believe it could happen to them. Mm. That's a really good point. I agree. I definitely agree. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, TJ says, daycares are looking to help, are looking for community help, especially for Spanish speakers. I need my people to start holding folks accountable. Unfortunately, drug selling around children in the Bronx is not uncommon. Wow. That's sad. You know, it's one thing if you're selling 
weed or something, but even the weed now, like I said, they're, they're adding fentanyl to it, but I don't understand why you would want to sell drugs in the same vicinity as your child. You know, it's no different than people who are cooking meth with their children. It's like, why are you cooking meth in your home and your children are upstairs? Your home could literally blow up. You know, it's just, it's insane. Uh, Caramelized Sugar sent five says, hey T, I'm from NYC. And even the fake weed dispensaries sell weed with Fenty in it. It, uh, what? It also, also they let their kids come and buy cannons and chips. It's weird. So the fake weed dispensaries sell weed with fentanyl. So you got to really test your weed now at this point. That's scary. Um, S World Sin 499 says, Sex, sexed out, sexy red says, sexed out red. Always doing something. This has been a hard stream today. But as always, I'm glad to hear you speak. Blessings and love. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, Jen Set 5 says, The Haitian Canal will be built no matter what. One black race under God, we had to stand together. I didn't know they were building a Haitian canal. I didn't hear about that. Well, hopefully it gets built. I didn't know they were building one. So good luck. That'd be nice. Um, Royce Reeds sent 499 says the insurance companies ain't covering the new C-19 booster on Inside Edition. They reported that CVS tried to charge a man $190. Wow. That's crazy. Dark Princess at five says, what do you think about Nikki's husband, Mr. Petty? Marquis says, he talked about, talk about Kenneth Petty going to jail. I don't think he's going to jail. I thought he was on house arrest. Is he going to jail now? I know earlier, let me see if she updated. Earlier, Madia had posted that his probation officer was contacted because she hasn't given me any updates yet. Is he going to jail? Let me share my screen real quick. What are the updates on Kenneth Petty? Okay. So they're saying here on Wednesday, the Central District of California court ordered Kenneth to strap on a home monitoring device and serve 120 days of house arrest for threatening offset via social media on September 16th. Um, the 45-year-old Queens native public's, native's public threats, which include... You gonna be planning your funeral, P word, violated the terms of his probation, stemming from failing to register as a sex offender in the state of California in 2020. Petty, who was joined in the viral video by a group of men, previously served a combination of 11 years in prison for aring a 16 year old girl in 1995 and shooting a man to death in 2002. Mm. We gonna get you N-word, we know where you at, what's up, let's go talk, let's talk, P-word, A-word, N-word, I'm trying to like watch my words. Um, the so-called music industry professional taunted outside of a Manhattan motel, a hotel. So, yeah, I don't feel bad for him. Again, what is the, what do I always tell people? When you have things to lose, let me come back on the screen. Yeah, this might as well be my motto now. When you have things to lose, you move accordingly, okay? This man is on probation. This man has a criminal record. So the last thing you should be doing is jumping on camera in front of the whole world, sending threats. 
So if they have confined him to 120 days of house arrest, so be it. He's lucky that he wasn't violated and sent back to prison because that technically could be a violation of the terms of his parole. I think they're only letting him do house arrest because he's Nikki's husband. And somebody has to babysit. Because I think if this was anybody else, this is a violation of parole. So no, I don't, I feel no ways. I feel no ways. Again, use common sense. Just like the homeboy, the his friend who was doing all that talking and growling and everything else, then the next day, oh, he switched up his whole tune. But I think he switched up his tune because like I said, them real goons and queens got at him. So now it's, you know, peace, peace, peace. Peace be on to you. You know, it's, it's all this extra peaceful shit. The energy didn't match the day before. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes of this. It's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. You know, a lot of people are saying that um, uh, Offset snitched on them and it's Offset's fault. But my thing is, how would they don't need to snitch? He recorded himself. It's not like he sent the video privately to Offset and then Offset took to social media and reposted it. He jumped on the camera and he issued threats and he uploaded this. Well, not even upload, he was live. Knowing that people were going to be screen recording this. So he put himself in that situation. I don't see like how, how is Offset snitching on him? He self-incriminated himself. I feel no ways. Yeah, they got him at um, on house arrest now. I know earlier, Barty Gang and uh, the Barbs, they were beefing online. Yeah, look at the trending topics. All day it's been offset, off cheat, uh, surviving the petties. Let me share my tab. They're still trending. Surviving the petties, petty files is trending. That's crazy. What they saying in here? Not the pedophiles. Y'all get on my nerves. Yeah. They have been going back and forth, these two fandoms, all day. The audacity for Nicki Minaj to fucking say protect black women sometimes, but will literally bully a woman for accusing Penny of the R word is crazy. Lock her up too. Ooh, we. What is this? Oh, Nick, Nick, honey, the comments. Nikki is the problem. I don't give a F what y'all say. Don't try and at me. Oh, this must be the shade room. She keeps deflecting, but we got the tea. Wasn't she bullying Megan? Another black woman, sympathy and payola. Child, they are going in, honey. They pulling up old records of the brother. Social media. It's always something. So, y'all, I've been on here for two hours. Let me read this last super chat <laughs> that I'm out of here. Um, let's see here. Uh, Unique says, is Thames really having Future's baby? I don't know. I saw the video where she did look pregnant. I don't. But well, how come everybody thinks it's Future? Because they did a song together. I don't think it's Future's baby. I don't think Thames will be out here pregnant by Future. Work with him. Get your bag. But having a baby and being the 10th baby mama or however many baby mamas he got, I hope she's smarter than that. I don't think it's Future's baby. 
Uh, so let me see. Urban Angel sent 150 in NT money. Says, T, you do look like a Barbie doll. It's okay. My ex-boyfriend was Chinese and spoke broken English. I love talking and speaking to him anyway. Your mom would be loved. P.S. It's Taiwanese money. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you, sis. Thank you for the love. Um, Johanna says, T, did you discuss Remy Ma and Papoose? I have not talked about them. I talked about them a few months ago on my live stream um, that they had been rumors circulating that Remy Ma left Papoose for one of her battle uh, rappers. And um, then who was the guy who did the, the rap basically calling out Remy Ma? I'm not in the battle rap scene like this. So I don't remember all these people's names. But he went in. He went in on Remy Ma. Let me see if I can find it. He was basically blasting her. But Remy Ma was saying that, well, that's part of battle rap. It's not a big deal. But I don't know. I don't know if they're together or not. I'm not sure. Hold on. No, we're not playing nothing from Vlad. Hell no. I'm trying to see, okay, this is it right here. I don't know if I can play all of it because I don't know if battle rap is like regular rap, if it's copywritten. We'll play a little bit, but this is the dude here. Bite you by your biggest accomplishment, front row giving you Gichi Gotti. Now y'all got a beautiful baby girl who oh so amazing. He'd be damned if he lose you to this bozo with braces. Nigga, hey, hey, the world ain't never supposed to know what you and me going through. Hey, the world ain't never supposed to know what you and me going through. But this nigga behind closed doors running his mouth like a hoe supposed to do. Got niggas making blogs and YouTubes. People arguing in the comments if those posts is true. Because them TMZ and Shade Room outlets, they only know you. Listen, hey, hey, they only know you. Okay, I don't want to play too much. Y'all are going to have to, because it's like two minutes long. So for y'all who don't know, y'all can just look it up and go, um listen to it but he's basically shaming her now what's very interesting i'll say this a lot of guys are very upset they feel like you know what papoose went to prison every day remy to visit you um he loves you you had a baby with him how dare you be creeping with this battle rapper so a lot of guys are dragging remy ma they're not here for this you know papoose and remy ma breakup but again it is what it is. People break up every day, B. You know, they're not, nobody's couple goals to me because I don't know what happens behind the scenes. Remember, everybody was jocking Jeezy and Jeannie not too long ago and they're going through a divorce now. So maybe, you know, she's tired. Maybe she wants some new peen. I don't know. You know, I, I'm not sure. But if they're together, great. If they're not, it is what it is. But I don't think she should be shamed for moving on though, you know? I think at the end of the day, maybe she wants to be with somebody else. Maybe she wants to try something new. Is it sad because Papoose did hold her down all these years? Yeah. You know, he put a lot into her. He put a lot into the relationship. But honestly, until both of them come out and tell us, until they give us an Amon Shermpert and Tiana Taylor response, because they recently broke up. It's like 2023 is like the year of breakups. Until we get some type of statement confirming this breakup, I'm going to take all of this with a grain of salt. I'm going to take it all with a grain of salt. Yeah, I heard that Papoose beat him up and there's all this stuff. Um, you know, but now let's keep it real. 
If the shoe was on the other foot, I mean, I get why the guys are mad. I'm going to keep it. I get why the guys are mad because if the shoe was on the other foot, if, you know, Papoose was caught cheating on Remy, oh, he'd be dragged up and down Shea Butter Twitter. So I get it. But, you know, again, I can't be too invested in the story or be, you know, emotional about it because neither one of them have spoken out. Neither one of them have come out and said, we broke up. Remy Ma cheated on me. She's running, you know, behind my back with this battle rapper. Remy Ma is not saying anything either. So it's like, I can't get emotionally invested in something where there's no real receipts. I mean, there's been pictures of him, I guess, him and Remy out on dinner. There's been pictures, you know, supposed video of Papoose fighting, but nobody can find the video. It was just people calling in saying that it happened. So I don't know. I don't know. But again, I'm not going to get emotionally invested in the story until they come out and say that we're not together and that, you know, everything's over with. Let me see here. Uh, Dom Jerome 91 says, been trying to send you a super chat for 20 minutes. My first one. Been sipping since 2014. What is your opinion on, <laughs> on the Chris Brown and Tanache situation? Uh, thank you for everything you do. You are so welcome. Thank you so much. Um, I don't, to be, I, I don't care about either Chris Brown or Tanache like that. Um, they both make, you know, decent music, but I think Chris Brown was offended because Tanache was saying that her label forced them to work together. And then Chris Brown was like, everybody name five Tanache songs. And honestly, I can't name five. So I thought that was funny. It made me cackle because I legit could not name five of her songs, but I think she was being messy. I think certain things, especially, you know, people like Chris Brown, he's going to react. Chris Brown is going to take it for himself. He's going to go off on social media. He doesn't care. So I think certain things I would even I would have just stayed away from that story. I wouldn't even said anything about that because, you know, the interviewer was asking about her. I wouldn't even bought that up. I would have made it about the music that I'm promoting today and not the fact that, oh, my label made me work with Chris Brown. I think what I don't like is that people will work with him. But then when they don't get the reception that they were expecting or that the music doesn't go anywhere, then all of a sudden they try and distance themselves. But when the backlash was initial, it was, oh, well, Chris Brown is talented. I had the right to work with him. And then once the song doesn't pop, like the Chris Brown and Chloe song, now it's, oh, well, you know, let me go ahead and fall back. Either y'all going to work with this boy and work with him and, you know, do it with your whole chest and stand in it or don't work with him. Don't come years later trying to blame the label and this and that and the fans not supporting the music. Either work with him or don't. So I'm, I'm not even buying the whole label situation. She just wasn't, she wasn't ready for his clap back. And I think now she wants to like make amends and, you know, have a kumbaya moment and talk to him. I just, I don't care enough about the situation, to be honest with you. I'm just not. Okay. Good luck to the both of them. Hopefully they'll be able to figure this out moving right along. So yeah, I'm not tripping off of either one of them. Um, let's see here. Uh, Naja Star sent 99 says, as always, you look beautiful. I appreciate your platform. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Ty Ty Stark sent 49 says, have you heard that they found the guy who hit roll with the brick no i have not heard that let me look let me see if i can do a search 
Do you have a link? Can somebody post the link? Let me see. Is it really the guy or is it some type of clout chaser? It needs to be the police arresting him. Is this a lie? Is it a clout chaser? He did an interview on Clubhouse. Who, the Brit guy? It's a clout, okay. It's a, unless it's the police and it's a news article, it's on the news because it was on the news when she supposedly got hit with the brick. Unless it's like police reports and things like that, I don't care about this story. I, I don't care. This story is so convoluted. Do y'all have a real article where they said they have arrested the guy, they got the guy's name, where they found him? If it's just some you know, bozo on Clubhouse talking to WAC 100, I don't care. There's an article on NBC News. Post the link. Post the link. Y'all keep saying this on NBC News. Post the link so that way I can click on it. Y'all keep writing the NBC article. Post the direct, post the direct link. <laughs> We're waiting. <laughs> Y'all keep writing the same thing. Where's the link? Okay, moving on. <laughs> Unless y'all can provide me with a direct link, I am moving on from Brickgate. Now nobody can find the link. Okay, moving on. <laughs> now, now nobody has the link. It's on NBC. Click the link. It's on NBC. Where's the link? We're asking for the link. We're waiting. Y'all ain't got the damn link. Sit down. All right, next, uh, let's see here. Faye says, hey T, I've been subbed for 11 years now. <laughs> I love you. My first video I watched was the 15 kids with the baby daddies. You are still hilarious. Always making me, always making my day brighter when you post. More true crime, please. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming through, sis. I'm glad you've been here. You're definitely an OG. If you remember uh, the lady with 15 kids, and somebody got to pay for all these kids. Yeah, that still lives in my head rent free. So thank you. And yes, I am going to be working on a new true crime. So I am going to be working on that. And I'm also trying to work on a deep dive as well. So definitely stay tuned. Uh, let's see here. Baby girl says Sansa and Joe Jonas are divorcing. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Me and Emily were talking about that. You know, we're Game of Thrones fans. So yeah, that was unfortunate. But you know, good luck to them and their family. So on that note, you guys, y'all got me on here for two hours and 14 minutes. I was supposed to be out of here a while ago, but this has been a wonderful stream. Thank you guys for just checking in. Um, I know we got over 9,000 people in the house. Shout out to y'all. Please hit the like button. If you guys enjoyed this stream, if I broke down the mobile situation to you all and you guys appreciate it, please hit the like button. It's free. To everybody who sent the super chat, thank you guys. I appreciate y'all. Everybody enjoy the rest of your day and I'll be back with more content. I've been keeping the content flowing. I've been keeping it going and I'll keep you guys posted as more information comes too. So hopefully, you know, the police are going to take it seriously and actually hold the people accountable, you know, for Mobad's life. So we just got to stay on top of their necks. So thank you guys so much. 
Everybody enjoy the rest of y'all's day. Have a good weekend and I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.